Billy Joel's not a tomato can. Welcome everyone, you were listening to and perhaps watching Hot Sauce Sports. I am Peace Del Reese, and if you were watching, you just saw Terry Dan- Tam jack off imaginary dicks. How's it going, Terry? Jacking off dicks is my weekly, uh, it's my uh, my weekend fun. I can imagine. Uh, Today's been- Wednesday. <laughs> He's getting ready I'm, for the I'm, weekend, I'm getting man. ready. There's no dicks here, Eagle. Preparation. Yeah. You gotta work Preparation out. Preparation B. Practice. Talking about practice? Um, so, yeah. So, uh, Eagle joins us. Of course, he's producing the show. Uh, we have a ton of stuff to get to. Uh, really oddly busy week for a bunch of small stories. So, it's going to be fun rapid-fire segment. Um, we're also joined with Jared, uh, husband's Tweety, and our very own Spence Plamondon. They're going to be talking to us about uh, the McFadden's charity. Um, one thing before we get to the show, the, McFadden, the, the McFadden's Movement Charity is one that deals with athletes and uh, mental illness. We got the news over the last 24 hours of the passing of uh, uh, Colt Brennan, a uh, guy who I loved watching in in, uh, in college. Uh, I you think can... everybody our age is like Colt Brennan. Like, it was shocked. Everybody loved Colt Brennan when he was coming out. And, like, especially, like, you know, if you're old enough to be in college and watch, like, you were up late to catch the late night yeah. games because you were done partying, go home, watch the game. Um he was so good. He was fun to watch. He was awesome. And he was a guy I thought would translate to the next level. And he's a guy who had been in rehab um, for the last five months. And, and uh, self-medication and, and that kind of stuff is common for athletes and common for people in general. So uh, if you do need help, do uh, reach out to organizations who can provide assistance. Um, and we'll talk to Jared about uh, his group. Uh, but in the meantime, we'll get into uh, some of the stuff we want to talk about. I saw this topic, Terry. Um, I had sort of a, a kind of a annoyed reaction to it. The topic was the Canadians uh, did not start a French-Canadian athlete for the first time since. Who cares? Um, I saw it. And so, first of all, the, my first thoughts are this headline doesn't make sense to anyone anywhere else in the world. And then it doesn't even make sense in the city that the Canadians play in where basically everyone under the age of 50 is completely bilingual. <laughs> so I don't know why this it's not even It's not even like the whole French thing. It's like the Quebec-born thing. And French media just lost their fucking minds, man. Well, but that's and- just like the, the English media said Quebec-born. The French media made it very clear that, that you and I aren't considered Quebec-born. Even yeah. Quebec-born. My mother, by the way, who was born here, is not considered Quebec-born. But um, you know, that's a whole other thing. It's 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 ridiculous how the a language means that you're good enough to play in the NHL. And you know what they did? They they played Belzil today, and they played Belzil two nights ago when in in between, and then they just didn't have the guys. They didn't have the bodies. So the roster that they put on, there wasn't any Quebec players. Sh- cry me a fucking river, man. This They're playing the Belzil. 
Belzil can't tie my fucking jock strap. Like he's he, he's not an NHLer, but he's on the roster because he's French. That's the wrong way to do shit. It's the wrong way to do shit. This is the same media that that tears up Drouin constantly. This is the same media um, that was in Patrick Waugh's face every time he had an off day, which wasn't even common. Uh, it's the same um, media that has an issue had an issue with PK Subban because he was the wrong kind of Quebec in several ways. Um, and so, yeah, like I, I saw it and. It's this at this point. It's one of those things that's just become a media construct, right? Like, I don't yeah. do the fans actually care about oh, this? Oh, I was gonna say, I think, I think the Canadians organization is being too nice about this. Like, if, if I was uh, part of it, my statement would be, well, maybe it's time Quebec has some good players come out of their yeah, I, system. Like, especially, you know, like Premier Legault then said the Canadians need to work harder to get. Um, to get like you know Quebec born, he didn't actually say French Canadian. He said Quebec born players on the roster, and I would fire back and say, well, then I think the provincial government should invest more in in, in youth hockey. If that's let me case. tell you, let me tell you this: being involved in youth hockey and seeing the kids that are developed, more kids are going to the states because the opportunities are better to play prep schools in the states than they are if it's rare you're going to get drafted like one percent of the the kids that play in quebec will get drafted in the queue only one percent of those guys will get drafted into the nhl and only one percent of those guys will actually have a career of more than four years in the nhl so it's it's ridiculous the amount of money that they put into this stuff the amount of politics that goes into uh, making your rosters it's never always the best players it's always about who's going to bring in what or whatever not only that is they took contact out of peewee hockey like five, six years ago, and ever since that, we're, and we're dwindling now. So, like, yeah. the play, Quebec players aren't developing as much. And even there's players in the NHL where if you're a guy and you played in the queue and you scored 115 points in the queue, we'll be like, well, it's in the queue because there's no contact. It's an easier league to play in. Why? Because Quebec, we don't develop the kids the way Ontario develops kids, the way Vancouver mm-hmm. develops kids. You know what I mean? So it's, uh, sorry, British Columbia. And that's the, that's the reality is that we're not developing the kids enough to be good hockey players. Look, some of the best, there's a kid, okay, he's, he's an Italian kid from Montreal. His name is Michael Estarza. This kid, at the age of 15 years old, left the province. He's going to get drafted in the first round in the NHL in 2023. And he hasn't lived in Quebec in the last four, in the last two years. But that's does a, he count because he was born here, thing. but not really. But if he played on the Montreal Canadiens, he he would technically count, but he doesn't but have he a name. Count. He would only count for half of the media. Because he would only count if he was good. Here, here's the thing. Here's the thing is that, um, you know, my wife was not born here. Um, my kids will grow up speaking perfect French and not have a French last name. Uh, Eagle uh, and his girl, same thing. Uh, you know, you you and you and your girl, same thing. Like, all of our kids will have immigrant names and be fully fluent in French, but still be an outsider in our own community. Um, and and that's a gap that's that at this point it's 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 I believe incumbent on the French media to stop s- stroking those flames. You know what I mean? Like it's it's embarrassing at this point. It, it's uh, and I I I don't have a problem with the journalists. I, I think La Presse is one of the best newspapers in the country. But when it comes to this one specific topic. It borders on racism. But I w- what I will say in, in defense of uh, most people is that a lot of French-speaking people, like on Twitter and stuff, where we send the reactions, um, are coming out and saying, like, this is stupid. So, like, that, again, like, 
it's it's a media contract. It's not something the people of the city where the team plays even believe. Exactly. You know yeah. what I mean? So it's something that's completely constructed. Hopefully it goes away. Uh, uh, but on a show where we make fun of media contracts, it's time for us to get into it because it's time for the news. <laughs> it's not my fault. My mouse died. Eagle, <laughs> hum it, hum it. <laughs> ah, Terry, it's the news. Is it uh, now? I love, I love that as a, it's a punishment we've established since day one of the show, where when Eagle makes the smallest mistake, he needs to hum music. It's, it, that's. <laughs> That's punishment for just, you know, like his mouse dying. Eagle, but... hum, uh, take on me. No, 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 no. We're going to get one of those stupid Google AdSense. No, you can hum it. You're allowed humming. Especially if you're this bad. Give me that high note, Eagle. <laughs> I love how the insane in Eagle's neck is like pulsating. Yeah. Speaking of rodents, he's also deaf in one ear, so he only gets half of the sound. That's Thank right. God. Thank God. Um, so <laughs> this is my favorite story of the week. It's the most important thing that's happened in sports, I want to say, in the last 30 years. Yeah. It involves the New York Mets. It's the first time the Mets have been relevant since about that much time. Um, Terry, have you ever seen a New York rat? I've seen New York rats, but not – I haven't seen one that was, like, freakishly big. I've seen stuff – the ones that are big, but I haven't seen one that was, like, wow, that's, like, huge. I, apparently, there's some that are size of raccoons and cats. Yeah, I've seen I've seen cats. Raccoons uh, would be quite large. We saw a brawl on the weekend. We saw uh, – well, not really a brawl. We saw Jeff McNeil and uh, Francisco Lindor uh, get into it um and sort of chase each other into the locker room it, it was pretty clear and like other guys followed them in it looked like um it was a, a fight of some sort but francisco lindor said it was the opposite he was just excited uh to, to share this experience as a um a new new yorker <laughs> it, was, it was funny because i told him i was like hey i'd never seen a new york rat so we went down sprinting <laughs> I want to go see a New York rat. And he got mad at me. He's like, no, it's not a rat. It's a raccoon. I'm like, hell no, man. It's a damn rat. It's a New York rat, man. I was just crazy because we were going back and forth debating if it was a rat or a raccoon. <laughs> crazy, man. Insane. I love this. Yeah. Um, so I love, I love how he just goes with the big smile. And he's like, don't worry. I'm charming. Everyone will leave me alone. There's not going to be a follow-up about this because why would anybody ask me a follow-up question because I gave the most ridiculous answer of all time. I, I, didn't, I didn't see what happened. I only know the story because you told me about it. I didn't see it. It didn't come, it didn't come up on my feet today. So I, I was I, watching the game. I was actually watching the game, and I, I saw it happen. I was like, okay. But like to me, it was it like all the time, two yeah. athletes got into it. Baseball's a long season. It happens all the time. Um, it just people are watching the Mets now because there was ex expectations for the first time in a while, you know, and like they're they're still all right. Like they're they have a negative uh, run support, but they're leading the division, so I guess that's fine. Um, and we're le leading the division, and Lindor hasn't really kicked off yet, and I I think he will. 
especially now with this whole rat raccoon situation. Well, look, I mean, obviously the issue wasn't that he, he was hitting like, you know, ben, below the Mendoza line and everyone's frustrated. It was because it's hard to decipher uh, whether or not there are rats or raccoons in, in, in the locker room in, in Queens, which is understandable. And I, I guess Jeff McNeil probably went on to shed some light, shed some light on this. Um, yeah, like you said, uh, you know, nice debate about, uh, you know, a uh, rat or a raccoon. Um, I, yeah, to be honest, uh, I thought it was actually a possum. So, uh, you know, oh, not, not another a, animal to the not a raccoon, a, a possum. What's the relationship like with you and, and Lindor right now? Oh, it's been fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're, we're great. Uh, we work well together up the middle. Um, and, uh, you know, just very positive all the time. And, you know, he's just, you know, fantastic to be around. So, uh, you know, and enjoy, uh, you know, playing up the middle with him and, uh, you know, look forward to, you know, keep doing it all year. So, um, how, now, I feel bad for journalists sometimes because it's like, he's like, what's your relationship like? Obviously, they're not going to give you the answer you're looking for. So, so why ask the question? Don't tell me, don't tell me the New York media is tough again. Don't give me the thing about how uh, Zach Wilson, for example, is going to struggle as a young quarterback in New York City because of how tough the media is. They had to deal with rat, raccoon, and possum. And my question is, the only, the only question in this that even matters is, Terry, do you go possum or opossum? Oh, I don't even know the difference between an opossum and a possum. They're the same. People in the South say opossum. I don't know why. There's, possums are weird, man. They like they pick yeah, up food with their hands. Like they, it's like they have like human hands, but they look like a ferret. It's a little weird, but they're cute. So raccoons are evil, obviously. Where are no. possums on the evil scale? They're obviously evil. They have masks, guys. I think possums are more evil than raccoons. Possums are definitely worse. Yeah. Yeah. They will, they will fuck you up. Yeah, Eagle, raccoons are Google, nice. If, Google if uh, possums are worse than raccoons. I just want to know what the I result. I, I, it is. They absolutely are. I know. I just want to know what the first result brings up. Are possums worse than raccoons? Is a previously searched Google result. Obviously, it says, yes, it is. Both animals carry the same set of potential dangers regarding disease, but the raccoon is a bit more dangerous than the more passive behavior of the possum. But when the possum gets angry, then it actually is more dangerous. So possum's worse because it's got an anger problem. Maybe it uh, should seek uh, help, seek counseling. That's uh, but you know what? Maybe Luis Rojas can shed some light on which animal was in the Mets locker room. This is the finest investigative journalism we've ever done at Hot Sauce Sports. Yes. You know, I think there's a lot of skepticism over the fact that Francisco comes in here and says this whole thing was over a rat and a raccoon. Are you willing to say that this whole thing was over a rat and a raccoon, or was there? Something- I don't, I don't, I don't know. I'm not. I don't, I don't know what it was about. Like I said, when, when, uh, when I got down there to the tunnel, and then the only thing I, I can recall is Francisco telling me that we're playing baseball and we're gonna win this game. Uh, but that's that's all I know from what happened down there. Like I, I have no idea like of, of the story of the rat or raccoon or anything like that. Um, but. Like I, like I said, my focus once again was the game. The whole time, everything that was going on, everything that we had to think to include the pieces to win this game, we almost used the entire team tonight. Perfect answer. Because he's shining a light on how ridiculous the media is. Who gives a fuck? They're clearly lying to you about this rat-raccoon situation. Why do you want to ask more questions about it? Why? Well, I have more questions. So <laughs> I have more questions. So, 
Imagine the situation, right? Imagine they're telling the truth. Let's just assume. Because you know what? Francisco Lindor is so charming. I believe his story. Oh, yeah. I believed him at first. That's what I was trying to say. I believed him at first. I'm I'm not knowing the situation. I'm watching. I'm like, what the fuck? Why the hell would a raccoon be in in the locker room? But check this out. What happens is Lindor goes down and he's like, yo, that's a big fucking rat. And then Jeff McNeil says, bro, you don't understand. You're new to New York. That's obviously a raccoon, which is in here for reasons. And then poor Rojas comes in there later as they're arguing about this. And he's like, hey, guys, what are you arguing about? And Lindor just turns to him and says, fuck off. It's time for baseball. Like, all angry <laughs> like a child. Like, that's how I saw it. It's, he's just a guy who got, got there late and there's no more birthday cake. Oh, man. It's, it's fucking ridiculous. I can't take it. I can't take uh, journalists sometimes. Like, 90, 90% of them are fine. You know, it's the 10% that just don't give it up. Ask Luis about the fucking change-ups. Ask him about why they had to come back when they were down. Ask, ask him a bunch of questions. Ask him or, anything or other than that, something that nobody cares about. Questions about the actual pressing questions about the animal. You know, for point. example, the, did the raccoon eat any of their food? Were they starving at the game? Like th- those are the things we need to know. I mean, did I, they when they scheduled the COVID vaccines, did they also get a rabies vaccine for preventative measures? That's a good point. Did they? Yeah, exactly. Did they look? Did they look ahead and be like, we might have a raccoon infestation? Yeah, exactly. And like everyone talks about rat infestations. Could you imagine having a raccoon infestation? Like I have you, it at my old house. It's not fun. I'm telling you, it's not fun. They were basically uh, like I had. They were like in the 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 roof area. They managed to rip open a section of it essentially, and we were kind of like between the house and the roof, and kind of lived there. We had to get like an exterminator and a cage and the whole thing. It was really, really, really not fun. I um I have a story about uh once when my uh wife was and then girlfriend was living in Toronto, uh you know was helping her move in uh. I felt I went to sleep a little bit later than she did. It was really hot. There was no air conditioning yet. Um, left the window open. And so she gets up in the morning um, and she sees a bunch of empty rafters. And she's like, well, did peas engage in some NFL blitz and eat all of the candy? Um, and then she realized that the candy wrappers had like a trail going out the window. And what it was is that raccoons had broken in while we were sleeping and eaten all of our candy. Um, this is a true thing that actually happened. Raccoons are fucked. Um, I so- mean, I saw, I was, I went to go, her mother's there. I went to the cemetery to see my, to see my grandma there with my family. And, uh, there was a couple of raccoons there cause people were having picnics and stuff and they're super cute. I like raccoons, man. I like looking at them. Now, would I be able to recognize a New York rat? That's another point. That's another thing. I don't think I would. Eagle, do you have a test ready for us to see if we can tell the difference between rats and raccoons? I do, and we're going to do this somewhat quick, so that way you, uh, just like the, the players, that maybe you saw it in a little peripheral thing, you got to tell me, is this a rat or a raccoon? Rat. Raccoon. It is a rat. Nice. Mm. See, you can't All tell right. the difference sometimes. Here. I'm a rat, you. you, Terry. Rat or raccoon? Possum. Oof. That was a possum. Just definitely a trick question. Definitely that, an opossum. That is a raccoon. God damn it. I don't even know, man. What's going on? All right. Rat or raccoon? Raccoon. That was a schnauzer. That was that looked exactly like a schnauzer. It's a fucking raccoon. Terry, are you blind? What's wrong with Terry, you? Terry, have you ever seen a raccoon? Like, like, or do you think raccoons are something else? Like, do you think a raccoon is a snake? I have yet to see a raccoon on the screen that Eagle has shown me. All right. Or to Rats. what I think. Rat or raccoon? Uh, rat. 
No, Go that on. was a ferret. That was a ferret. That's a <laughs> rat, Terry. Jesus. What the fuck? You know what? I'm gonna call Lindor. I think I need a crash test. A crash test <laughs> on. I need any cliff. I need Francisco Lindor's cliff and notes on what the rat. Last one here, uh, rat or raccoon? Uh, Jeff McNeil. That's definitely Jeff McNeil. Yeah, I think that's Jeff McNeil. That's the, that's all it could be. I mean, that's a cute ass Jeff McNeil. <laughs> Actually, you know what? He kind of looks like Jeff McNeil. Like jokes aside, <laughs> yeah. put a bench hat on him. It's not far away. We'll Jeff get McNeil to graphite on scratch golfer too. Yeah, well, look at him. How can he not be? He's he's a, he's a mix of Dustin Johnson and 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 uh, Jeff McNeil. Jeff McNeil so, is a mix of Dustin Johnson and uh, Keith Urban. Yeah, I can see that. Actually, it's pretty yeah. good. It's yeah. pretty so good. So Pease wins with three out of five correct. He uh, missed two of them. One of which he thought was a human. So it's probably get your one of which check, I knew was a human. Knew exactly because that's clearly Jeff McNeil. Democratic process. You're wrong. Um, Terry, you wrote an article this week about how uh, Canelo Alvarez is the greatest athlete we have right now, right? I think he's the, I think he's the biggest star in the world. That was, I was looking for the words. Yeah, I think that I think Canelo Alvarez, especially after winning, he beats he beats Billy Joe Saunders this weekend. It's not because he beat Billy Joe Saunders. They they filled up AT and T Stadium this weekend. Okay, seventy three thousand people showed up to watch Canelo Alvarez box a guy from. The sticks of England, okay, mm-hmm. and an undefeated boxer who's a very good boxer. Billy Joe Saunders is a very good boxer, but Canelo Alvarez filled up an entire stadium. When he came out, there was a whole mariachi band. They had the seventeen-year-old like pop star uh, Mexican girl. She was beautiful. She was singing. He came out, gave me goosebumps. Like the amount, like the 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 amount of time it took him to come out of the to come out of the tunnel. Usually, I complain. Like I'm the guy that complains whenever the pick is in at the NFL draft, but it takes ten minutes to get to the freaking to Roger Goodell's hands. But like I was like, I'm I'm enjoying the show. And he comes out and they lose their mind. Seventy-three thousand people lost their fucking skulls when this guy came out. And when he won, I I'm talking like Ali esque. I'm talking mm-hmm. like when Mike Tyson was at his prime, the roar that he got in a stadium that usually fits a hundred thousand people. Jerry Jones was watching live. Canelo Alvarez to me. I'm not. I'm not saying he's the best boxer of all time. I'm not saying that at all. You, you know, there's arguments you can make for a lot of guys. You can say Muhammad Ali. You can say Mike Tyson. You can say Thunder Holyfield, Mayweather, whoever. You know, but he is. I think today, after that win, and after what I saw in Arlington, Texas, at AT&T Stadium, I really do think Canelo Alvarez is the best, is the biggest star in the world right now. So, um, you told me that there was a. Um... Um, a viral video and uh, I, I forgot the link in the script so I apologize okay. for that but when you told me about the viral video I, I took to Twitter and I said well let me go see what Terry's talking about and the first one that came up in my feed was uh, he was being interviewed by members of the uh, Levitard family but in Spanish oh in Spanish like, so Spanish is my fourth language I'm not good at it at all I know the word tetas because it means means tits and i know the word cerveza that's and and you know what like my when i travel my wife fills in the rest which is everything how do you how do you speak to your mother-in-law <laughs> poorly very very tits poorly. and beers <laughs> yeah <laughs> i only order one of them from her um but so the thing is the thing is is that um you sent me that and i was just like what am i supposed to be getting from this so like can you yeah. break down what happened given that we don't actually have the clip queued up can you break down what happened <laughs> 
So he wins. He's doing his press conference, and this 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 video is classic because Canelo Alvarez never speaks English. Never. Yeah. Like when he speaks English, it's very quick. Uh, you know, he understands it fluently, but he, I guess I he's not. Con- that's why he was being interviewed in Spanish. <laughs> yeah, he was being interviewed in Spanish. So, uh, so in the middle of the interview, Demetrius Andrade, who's who's another, he's a he's a, um he's a middleweight champ, and uh, but he he's like one of those boxers that. He's a champion, but you don't know he's a champion until he fights an actual champion. He's like one of those guys. And yeah. he's a good fighter. He's not bad. And so he shows up and he starts asking Canelo. Canelo Ramos just loses it on him. He's like, get the fuck out of here, man. And he's like, he goes full, like full Mexican on him. And he starts ripping him a new asshole. And it gave me, and it opened me up to who Canelo Alvarez was. And Canelo Alvarez became uh, uh, an instant, one of my all-time favorites in that two-minute clip. Just I telling, this, with you. telling I'm, this I'm guy okay. off, telling him he's a horrible fighter. You're a horrible fighter, a horrible. And he's like, get the fuck. And he does this thing with his hand. Yeah. I'm gonna show him on camera. He does this thing with his hand, and I'm like, I don't know what that is, but I like it's, it. It's kind of like the what I've what I've been told is it's kind of like the equivalent of like the Italian like under the under the the neck kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. And he's oh. yelling at the guy's dad. Yeah, exactly. The Mava Fanculo, one of yeah. those ones. Mava Fanapoli, the Joy the yeah. Joy Tribbiani. and um. And he and it just it, he gave me goosebumps him talking shit to Demetrius Andrade and I was like, this guy does this guy has does not have to fight anybody he doesn't want to fight anymore. He's gonna pick and choose everybody he want. And the thing about Canelo Alvarez is he picks the best fighters. So now yeah. he's gonna fight Caleb Plant. He's gonna unify the belts there. He's gonna take the IBF away from C- Caleb Plant. After that, Jamel J- Charlo, who's Best kept secret in boxing. If you're not a if you're yeah. not a boxing fan, you don't know who Jamel Charlo is. Watch boxing, you realize that this guy is no fucking joke. And he's he's like, I'm gonna leave my I'll vacate all my belts to fight Canelo, and that's the fight to make. And I can't wait to see that. And Canelo's gonna do these fights because Canelo knows what's up. Canelo knows where the money is. He, the guy's an in uh, ultimate star, ultimate star, instant. I'm a huge fan of Canelo. I'm kind of with you. I I liked it. Um... So a lot of times when people see stars who don't speak a lot, they think of them as like, oh, well, you know, but how competitive is this guy really? But like that was like some Kobe style shit in that, in that press conference. You know what I mean? Like he there was like zero fear in that man's in that man's face. You know, It was like when Conor McGregor and Nate Diaz started throwing water bottles at each other. You ever see that one? Yeah. Yeah, and Connor's like, get the fuck out of here. And he just gets up and starts throwing water bottles and monster cans at, at Nate Diaz. Nate Diaz, him, Jake Shields, and all those boys are throwing shit, and he's throwing it back. <laughs> it reminded me of that. I love fighters when they when they just leave like politically correct mode, and they're just like, fuck it. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show you what kind of a fighter I really am, and I'll do and it like, right now. There's, stuff, there's some stuff like, uh, like uh, what's it, Colby? Um, Covington. Covington, like... Like like that act like the over the top like Colby will you know, never do anything physical unless there's a camera in front of him and unless it's uh, I mean, like, in the octagon, which I respect. No, but he seems he seems like he he like his personality. Like I think he's a fine fighter, but I, I feel like he puts it on for the camera. And like here, okay. this just seemed like yeah, you know what? Alvarez is putting it on a little. But you can see he's kind of a little pissed off, and what he's putting on is is like the ten percent. But that's he's he's that mad in that moment. So like I kind of felt that it felt authentic, it felt fun. Um, I I agree. Like I, as soon as I saw that clip, I couldn't stop smiling, and he made me a happy to zone subscriber. Let's put it that way. So it's, I'm I'm happy to be contributing to whatever he's making. Um, 
I want to bring up something, and, and we'll go through this kind of quickly because it's not a new story, uh, but I want to get with, get you guys' opinion on this. Um, Adam Schefter, he broke the the Aaron Rodgers story. Obviously, I have an article up about Aaron Rodgers and calling uh, Bradshaw an old man because he is. Um, with help from the clip of Terry Tam. Clip made me laugh all week, Terry. Thank you for that. Um, but the, the, uh, the thing that Adam Schefter said in subsequent interviews, and I think it was on Dan Patrick, Dan Patrick show. He talked about, um, how he had accumulated this information over sort of a long period of time and decided to drop it on the day of the draft. And a lot of people are upset about it because it took attention away from the draft. And, and like some people are like, Oh, but you're a journalist. Aren't you supposed to report the news when you know it? And like, here's the thing. I don't Stop think breaking it's a, news. I don't think it's a story that matters that much. So I don't think it affects journalistic integrity in that way. The other thing I got about it was imagine the chef, the, sorry, the flex by Schefter. Like, you know this news. You know Ian Rappaport might break it at any time. You're like, no, <laughs> I have the story. Nobody yeah. else. I can sit on it. Like, if you and I had that story, we would break that. Like, if it took me 20 minutes to write the article, you'd be yelling at me for 20 minutes. You know what I mean? So, like, yeah. go out, break this shit. It's important. Um, but Schefter's so confident. He's like, I'll, I'll wait till draft day. I'll drop it then. But that's the thing about Schefter is that he's so good and his timing is on point. And Rappaport is good, but he's kind of like at a at like a like he's still like a sophomore, you know, where where and his sophomore is undergrad, where Schefter has got his masters, you know what I mean? He's got his MBA and dropping shit at the right time. You know what I mean? Like he's fuck he's like the wash bomb, you know what I mean? Like it was Schefter. Oh, you're he he's like the wash bomb was it's all about Shams Charnia now, man. Exactly. Yeah, I was just Holy about to say shit. So Sham, and that Sham, like 10 years Sham bombs are on fire, and Sham is breaking shit that's not even basketball related. That's the, that's the part about Sham that's great. Can, but, I, uh, can I put on my tinfoil hat for this one? Yeah, Adam Schefter is secretly a Green Bay Packers fan. Was aware that this was going on <laughs> and used his leverage to ensure that Green Bay would make a good first round pick because of the public pressure of the new story. Oh, you know what? Schefter, I think he's like from Detroit. So it's very likely he could be a Packers fan. He's a Michigan guy. I think. Or, a, or a Packers hater. Maybe he's trying to drive a wedge because he's yeah, from Yeah, maybe he's, maybe he's a Lions fan. He's been suffering for the past 20 years. There you go. More than that, actually. but <laughs> Since no, but the dawn of the Lions. Everybody no. hating on the guy because he has to reveal his sources. First of all, no. Journalists never reveal their sources, right? Second no. of all, the thing he, is like, he has no obligation to release news that he knows. It's like if I know that my neighbor is stealing – uh, the garbage of the other neighbor, I don't have to say anything. Yeah. If I know my neighbor leaves at one o'clock in the morning every night, I don't have to say anything. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's the information that I have. I don't have to say shit. If he decided not to say anything and let it happen, if let Rappaport uh, release it, and then he comes out a year later and he says, oh, I knew about that, you can't get mad at him for not saying you, it. You, so. you also need, you like, the thing is, if, if Schefter releases his sources, he won't have sources anymore. Exactly. And it's just like we 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 also know that pressure too, Terry. Like we've known something some things about some guys, you know. Like you know, for example, uh, somebody whose name rhymes with Bonnie Tanzel, which are stories we can never tell. Exactly. You know? Or some stories about an ex Montreal hockey player who plays <laughs> in a desert that we can never tell that story because again, our sources ask us not to. But like. I think it's it's interesting in that I think Schefter's excellent what he does. There's no J in ESPN, right? They're an entertainment company. That's who they work for. 
I, I'm kind of on the fence. I, I'm a traditional journalism guy, so yes, I think the inform- you should you should break the story when you get it. At the same time, I don't think this is a story that sort of divides worlds and and can start wars. So I'm good with him sitting on it. I just want to know, you know, Eagle, what's your thoughts on this? Like, what, what are your so, thoughts on the, the journalistic responsibility? Yeah, so I think I think there you also have to look at the intent as well because if there was an intent to withhold the story to drop it on draft day to create a controversy, you can argue that it's a little bit malicious from his perspective of like well, he, basically he admitted, the he admitted timing that of it to try and make maximum draft. impact, you know? He, he, he admitted that he held it to the draft day, but the idea was to get as much attention to the NFL draft as Obvi- possible. Obviously, but I mean more like, did he know of it months ago? Is this something he learned in the past week or two? In which case so, he's like, I'm going to hold it for... Like, you know what I mean? Like, there's a little bit more I, in terms I, of I, like, uh, how long did you have it ready for like the perfect moment? And then you're like, okay, I'm going to do it on draft day. Or did you just learn of it? And it's like, well, instead of doing it today, I'm going to wait 48 hours, 72 hours, whatever it is next week. And we'll do a draft day as the big thing. For me, that, that's a fundamentally different way of looking at, the, you know, the withholding versus the publishing. So I heard the interview, and he said that he had he had started assembling the information going back to uh, the NFC Championship game. Yeah, I mean, okay, you you they're negotiating clearly. Something's going on. You hear a little bit here, a little bit of that, but maybe you actually get like it confirmed by multiple people more recently. So I don't know. There's a lot of complexity that goes into it. So I I see it as fine it also made draft day fucking exciting from my yeah, perspective right of like, course oh what's gonna happen oh someone gonna trade up oh you know we're already talking about the 49ers looking for a quarterback we heard that story coming up um you know uh, other teams are looking for quarterbacks what's gonna happen with mac jones blah, blah blah it created a lot more drama and excitement around certain teams and certain picks because this was up in the air yeah i you know what like i said it's, it's interesting i i don't think the 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 subject of it is so important, uh, despite how many people hold sports in that regard. I don't think it's so important that uh, he needs to have broken. If anything, all Schefter did was, you know, put his own sort of like uh, reputation at risk because someone else could have broken it first. Uh, but he goes, he still ended up getting to that first. Uh, uh, that being said, crisis averted. The Packers have signed Blake Bortles, so we're fine. Oh, they got him a pass catcher. That's nice. <laughs> they got him a receiver. Um. So before we get onto the interview, I do want to remind people, if you like what we do, uh, do drop us a like, uh, rate, review, uh, subscribe, do all that stuff because it helps us continue to, to build that content. Uh, when we come back, we're going to have an interview with Jared Husband Tweedy and our very own Spence Plamondon uh, from Hot Toss Sports. And we're going to talk about uh, a charity that is very important uh, to, to Jared um, and a cause that's very important to us at Hot Toss Sports. And we're back. From where exactly? Nobody knows. But joining us is uh, one familiar face, a uh, hot sauce uh, member in uh, Spence Plamondon. How's it going, Spence? Pretty good, man. How's it going with you guys? Pretty good. Pretty good. And uh, joining us uh, is also an unfamiliar face, but someone we hope to know more and more as time goes on. Uh, Jared Husband Sweetie joins us. He's uh, representing a charity called McFadden's Movement. Um, and we're going to get to that in a second. Uh, one thing we will say is, uh, Spence, how do you feel about how Jared is presenting himself on um, this chat right now? He's, he's out here wearing the wrong colors. You know, in certain parts of the territories, you shouldn't be wearing blue and white. Is, is that correct? 
It, this is true. This is true. This is something I've talked with him. I mean, talk, talk, talk is putting it in a nice way. It's something we've 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 argued about a lot, you know. Um, but I gotta respect it, dude. The Leafs are having a great year this year. I gotta say, like from a hockey fan standpoint, as much as I'm a Habs fan, like that team is. I, I if they're gonna if the Habs are gonna lose, like I'm happy it's through Toronto. I want to see them have a bit of success. I gotta say. I kind of I kind of feel the same way about Toronto. Yeah. I'm I'm kind of like because I'm a, I'm a Matthews guy. Like I like Austin Matthews. He's amazing. Not? Yeah, and you know I like what they I like what they built. I mean I love Jumbo. I'm a huge Jumbo guy. Like who? who oh, yeah. How can, how can't you be a Jumbo guy? Yeah, and, you get uh, it up. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So I mean it's I'm yeah if they get past Montreal I think I'd be rooting for Toronto. Yeah, well, yeah I can't see Toronto. Years past I don't think we have a we have a choking uh, chance in the first first round. So Montreal has that. So and Montreal always does well in the first round. So yeah, exactly. It's gonna be and you have Carey Price. Yeah, I do. I do like Toronto in the way that you know you you like that your younger brother is not really a threat. You know, like when you bring a hot girl home, like your kid brother is like, yeah, right, you know. Jared, look at Jared. He's still in high school, you know. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> right, I have to do it. I have to do it. <laughs> so, Jared, all jokes aside, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, the McFadden's movement? how it is that you're involved um, and what it is the charity is all about. And, and then we'll talk a little bit about that. And then, of course, we'll get into the, the typical nonsense that we usually do on our show. So I'll give you a quick rundown um, of how I got introduced to it. Um, it was through a, a friend of mine that I became an editor for through gaming in uh, the NHL community. Um, and he played in the Guelph, not for very long, but he played for the Guelph Storm. And through that, he got contacts through the alumni, the players, and all that. And he came up to me about three weeks ago with the opportunity to run a stream to fundraise some money to build awareness towards their movement. And as soon as he gave me that chance, I said, I'm all in. You have to say say no more. I'm, I'll sign up, no problem. So for the last week and a half, we've been streaming over on his channel, which is uh, <clears throat> twitch.tv slash migobango. Um, but... It, it's 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 tough because the game we're playing is uh, is very stressful and it causes a lot of people to lose their minds. <laughs> what, what game? What game are you playing? NHL, NHL 29, yeah, yeah, NHL. and it's I, by I far the worst year of of the series, in my opinion. Um, so it causes a lot of mental breakdown, which is, is <laughs> great, but also it can be a downfall at times. But aside from that, it's a great cause. Um, if you want to, I mean. Coming from being an athlete myself, um, you were always told to push things under the rug, not uh, not show that you have any signs of weakness slash injuries, mental, physical, whatever it is. So it's I find it amazing now, especially that during the pandemic, that kids need to know that you can go and talk to people about your mental struggles if you're in sports. Just because you're an athlete doesn't mean you have to walk with your chest puffed it out and act big and honcho right so uh it's a great cause i i love the work that they're doing they got uh some great great hoodies and stuff like that merchandise but the message that they're sending is is all positive i see nothing wrong with it obviously and i think more people should be talking about this because it's not talked about enough so it's not it's not talked about enough jared but i think it's talked about a lot more in the last year two years with people like leonard robin leonard coming out and 
you know, like looking at Duane, looking at even we can even switch it to basketball and look at Kyrie Irving asking for just some time off to breathe. And I think that people don't realize that, yeah, you know, they're athletes and they're trying to reach a goal that they've wanted to reach since they were kids. But, you know, it takes a toll on you when millions of people are watching you do your job. Like nobody watches me manage my sales team. You know what I mean? I have uh, my manager, just the, the, my manager talking to me just annoys the shit out of me. So I can imagine if there was a, a 21,000 people at the Bell Center yelling at me, shoot, 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 when it's not the play to shoot. You know what I mean? So it plays mm-hmm. in your head a bit. And I can, I, and we have to understand that, that these guys are human also, and they have an emotion, they have a feeling and people don't realize that. And the worst part is, is that nobody, we weren't empathetic to that. And that's why people don't come out. And, you know, as a guy who struggled with it for a couple of years, it to have it just having an outlet to talk to somebody or just having it out there and being like, okay, I'm not the only asshole that suffers from from anxiety. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm not like it's not a bad thing. Everybody does it. Just take a second to breathe, talk about it with somebody that you trust. And I think that people don't realize how important it is to just realize that people, everybody goes through shit and shit happens and. You know, just like Forrest Gump said, shit happens. That is what yeah. <laughs> to touch quickly on that Korea. To talk about it, right? Like to open up and, and, and have that courage to talk to someone and to actually reach out. Like that's that's where the strength lies. It doesn't, it doesn't take a ton of strength to just grit and bear it. You know what I mean? Like that's just, it twists you up. I guess it does take a certain kind of strength. But I mean, at the end of the day, the, the real strength comes from, from opening up and tackling those issues, right? So I agree. Yeah. I remember growing up and, and whenever there was a suggestion about an athlete having an issue with uh mental health it was always like well how can you i don't even i remember who it was exactly but it was in relation to quarterbacking and it was saying how can a guy run a huddle if he's not even in control of his own mind and it's just cool to see that we've come such a long way to realize those two things aren't in any way related to each other and it's the most obvious thing but it's only become obvious because of the bravery of the the people uh who have started to speak out on this um can you tell us a little bit, Jared, about maybe some, you know, a story or two about specific people that were helped by um, the McFadden's movement and, and sort of what you've seen in your time? Um, well, actually, I, I can't personally. Or just I just got hurt as, as being a part of it. You know what I mean? Like, not necessarily something you witnessed, but something, you know, maybe while you're talking to Garrett McFadden, uh, something that's... I actually up. haven't talked to Garrett myself. Okay. I haven't talked to him yet. So I'm... I'm I'm like a third party in this Okay. to where uh, Ryan, maybe the guy I work for, he's the connection to this foundation and I work for him. Right. So I'm using my platform to build awareness, to bring it to the McFadden movement, as well as he's using his, I don't have any direct ties to McFadden himself or those, those people in that organization. Right. So I, I, I can't give any personal experience from that, but I'm hoping to, to get there in the in the long run, of course. You're an ambassador. You're an ambassador of the of the of the charity, of the organization. Yeah, and that's you know, in, in organizations, obviously the the fundraising arm is important because that's how they keep moving forward. And obviously, your your Twitch is going to uh, contribute to that. Uh, and we'll we'll of course drop the link and let people know where they can see you. Um, I you know I know Terry mentioned his 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 issues. I know for myself, I suffered from. Uh, generalized anxiety disorder and uh, it was weird because when people found that out it's like well but you have a whole podcast thing and also you're a trained counselor who helps people largely with things like anxiety and again like it's it's cool because in in years past you know 
people like myself might not have even felt comfortable talking about this because it reflects on my own career in a certain way. You know what I mean? And uh, again, to a point where we realize, you know, self-care is, is important. Um, and, and are there any athletes that come to mind that, you know, again, not necessarily through the, through the charity, but athletes that come to mind um, where their story sort of, you know, maybe even Hugh Spence, either of you guys, where you heard their story and you're like, wow, that's, that's cool that they've been talking about this. Uh, I would say going back to the Kyrie story, that one really hit for me because I watched him from when he came into the league as a rookie, even me being a Duke fan, I watched his one year there as short as it was. But so to see that he was actually struggling with what's going on and that people were kind of being like, why are you struggling? Like that kind of like turned me in a, a, a bad taste in my stomach, to be honest, because just because you're an athlete or, or a professional at the highest level doesn't mean you can't be going through something in your own head. Like that doesn't make any sense to me why people were just brushing it to the side and being like, you can't be hurting, right? So it was great to see him be like, screw that. I'm going to speak my mind and let you know that I'm not all right. And <clears throat> thankfully, the team is able to let him take those times and deal with himself, right? Because it has to be with the organizations that help the players as well. One of the sure. dumbest arguments I've, I ever hear when someone's like, like Dwayne, example, he takes some time off for himself and he's like, what is this kid? What is it? What does he need to do? He has millions of dollars. Like Kyrie, he's making forty million dollars this year, and maybe money would solve that person's problem. Maybe that's the issue. Maybe they're, you know, they're, they're, or they think it would, or they think it would cause solve the problem. And trust me, it would not solve the problem. It doesn't not solve the problem. It maybe it maybe patches up an issue that something that's that's increasing the anxiety and stuff like that, which is okay. It gives you some time to breathe, but. And people think that just because he's a millionaire, he can't go. He can't go through shit. That's the part that bothers me the most. Well, we well Terry's like gladiators, still, right? Like, there's, yeah. this, there's, this, there's still remnants of that where we're still treating athletes like they're fucking pieces of meat here. I, th- I, I noticed one actually. Trevor Lawrence had that interview that caused a bit of a, a controversy before the draft. There, he literally was just a well-adjusted person in that interview. He was talking mm-hmm. about how like. He basically said if he loses a football game or he loses a championship or someone, like, life goes on. It's not like he's going to melt down over it. Like, there, there are other things outside of football. And people lost their minds. Like, how is that the person you want leading your team? And honestly, I will take that guy over the guy that can't stand losing more than anything in the world. Because the guy who can't stand losing is up in his head being neurotic about losing. The guy, yeah. Trevor Lawrence, is going to forget about the last game as soon as it's done. Well, I mean, like, Trevor Lawrence hasn't lost the game since he was like four years old, so he has no idea what it's like to lose. That's a so. fair point too. But that's I mean, why he also mentality thinks it's going no big into deal. It is, he's like, I don't know. It's like it's like losing your keys, right? Yeah. Um, no, there, there's two stories that, that come to mind, and, and they they actually affect uh, you know mine and Terry's favorite teams. Terry, do you remember when uh, Terrell Owens had you know uh, sort of a strange situation, and people didn't know what was going on with him, and it was you know uh, rumors of suicide, and his agent came out and said something like. He has like I don't know what it was like a hundred million reasons not to be depressed. Yeah, I remember looking at that like like my mouth was wide open like shocked like who would say that in front of a camera? That's Drew, crazy. Yeah, but back then that was that was like ten years ago. And that was it was Drew Rosenhaus. Drew Rosenhaus, out of all yeah. people, like yeah. Drew Rosenhaus is probably the like you look at it 
him and he, he his face is shaped like a dollar sign. That's all he cares about. Yeah, exactly. He's actually shaped like a dollar sign. <laughs> yeah, he's actually I've shaped like <laughs> uh, um, I've been going through the, the website and I've noticed that the charity is specifically targeted towards, you know, athletes, especially at the grassroots level. Um, but one yeah. thing we haven't talked about is you mentioned that you're using your stream as a way to raise money and that NHL is causing you a bunch of trauma. So I'm pretty <laughs> sure the movement won't help you deal with that. We're listening if you need to express yourself right now, okay? You can talk to us. This is a safe zone. <laughs> well, so me, me personally, I, I've, I've grown from it. Spence has seen the struggles I've had with the game. And I took a good two months off of the game to take a look back and see. Jared, how, I just want to pop in. Jared's really good at this game. Like, Jared is a really good player. In, in NHL? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, last year, I was top 10 in defensemen in the yeah. world, so... Oh, um, you, you play that kind of NHL? You play like well. Also, I play I play five on five as well. Okay. Uh, but I mostly did that last year. But that's that's where the mental struggle comes with because you have to deal with the knowing like an online teammate as opposed to a real teammate. It's it's very different, and they can. And for me, especially being a player of color in that community, I don't know if you guys know, but it's very bad. So. I can go into a game and see three racist names and I, I might lose my head just before the puck's even dropped because of what I'm looking at and how the game company is not doing anything to stop it, right? Yeah. So then I have to deal with playing a game that I love over talking bad about it because of what they're not doing in the development system, right? Did, so, did you see uh, what happened with T-Pain when he was doing his live switch? Yes, yes live I did. The it was unbelievable. Thing? Yeah, I loved things, it. I loved it. Yeah, every some, some guy was dropping the N bomb on T Pain. Is like a huge streamer. Like he's. I didn't know yeah. this until I saw the story. And he's like getting hammered, and he just he, on Call of Duty, and he just fucking smokes these guys, and he starts like, and he's just chirping them after that because they were dropping the N bomb on him like ten times. He's like, he's like, oh yeah, 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 and then he just killed them, and he just started roasting them. It's just funny, and he has like his whole like he has like a like a soundbite that he plays every time he kills somebody. Like yeah. he, he he does it well. See, so a, I, does the soundbite have auto tune though? I think it does. <laughs> I think it does. It has to. Um, so, it, you know, we, we just because we got on the subject of race, one of the one of the guys I was actually going to mention in terms of like mental health and, and uh, wellness is one of my favorite football players of all time is Ricky Williams. And Ricky Williams, of course, famously uh, dealt with that and sort of self medication through marijuana and things that are largely tolerated in professional sports now really weren't at the time. And I, I heard him once in an interview, and he's like, well, you know, it was tough because I, I felt like an outsider in my locker room, but I, I kind of always felt like an outsider. And then the interviewer said, well, why is that? And he says, well, because I was born in America, and I was born black. And, and you know, he kind of laughed at it, but it's it's true. And it's something where, like, if you, if you if, you know, myself and Terry, for example, or Spence, like, when we play video games, we don't we never have to worry about that. That's something that... You know, it's it's gonna as much as it might bother me, it's gonna bother you in a whole different way. Yeah, yeah. I'll never forget the time that uh, uh, this will be the last thing I harp on it because I, I can't stand talking about this stuff. But yeah, we'll quite honest. Um, sure. I was in a party once with a guy, and um, they had said something about derogatory towards towards color, and I said, "Can you guys not? I'm actually black." And the guy goes, "No, you're not. No shot." And I was like, "What do I have to prove to you that I'm black because of my voice?" Like it, it made yeah. no sense to me, and that's when I got a real bad taste for the NHL community and started to see everything for what it was, rather than just turning a blind eye to it and be like, "Oh, these guys are just little trolls." No, 
majority of the community is pretty bad. It's pretty yeah. bad. Well, this thing yeah. in the game too, man. We talked we talked about this in the pod and we had you on LFH. Like they they, yeah. they have monkey sounds for a bullhorn. They've got sticks yeah. up for Harambe. They've got all these things. Like, what do you think is gonna happen? Like this has been going on for years. Why are you putting that in there? It makes no yeah. sense. Like it's yeah. They don't so like. I, said, I, I know it's funny because it's like it's a monkey and it's just an animal. But you know when you know that there's this there's this kind of like stigma that exists in the, exactly. in the world. Why put that in there? Just Especially take it out. Especially with how bad the, the community is, right? Like it's exactly. Not like it just, yeah. They just ended up being bad in 21. Like no, they've been bad for yeah. forever. My, the, my name online is. So, sorry, Jerry. My name online is Terry Tam, so people think that I'm Asian. So I get I get made fun of because I'm Asian, apparently. Really? Yeah. <laughs> my name so, is Ballstronic. Um, <laughs> uh, let's, let's figure out what race. Let's figure out what race you are. Sorry. Let's figure out what race you are. You're the worst person <laughs> to play online game against. So I don't even want to talk to you right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, worst. So we do that. We do something in our show, uh, Jared. Um, yeah. Let you go and before we we promote your your Twitch stream again. Uh, we do something in our show called Rapid Fire. So I'm going to ask you a series of questions, and I want your answers just quick off the cuff. What do you think? Okay. So like. Uh, first question, EA is a trash company because... Devs. 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 Developers. Do I have, like, is this one-word answers? No, no, you're good. No, you're good. It's just, I don't think me and P's understood the answer. That's all it is. Oh, de- 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 the dev team. The dev team. I will, I will take offense to that as a developer myself in that it's usually not the dev team. It's usually management, but I digress. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, the dev team doesn't fix any of the bugs in NHL, so no. Dev team That's in their NHL fault, then. Terrible. That's absolutely their fault. <laughs> um, the, uh, the one-timer is OP in NHL 21, yes or no? Yes. Um, the Leafs will lose in how many games? Never. Okay. All <laughs> right. Well, that's it. Uh, Jared, where can people find you? Nice try. I did try. I did try. I tried sneaking in on you. You should have just asked. You should have just asked. Like, is it a, f- a seven-game series or a five-game series? <laughs> is it a seven-game series? It's seven. Yeah, seven. It's seven. Yeah, you should have just asked like a bunch of questions like that answered the answer for, and then been like. And then at the end, be like, how many games are the, is it going to take for the Leafs to be eliminated? Four. That's the answer. Yeah. Because they're going to get <laughs> Because Lekkonen is going to find his accuracy. He's not going to miss the net by 10 feet. He's going to score, like, five goals. That's what's going to happen. And Austin Matthews is going to be left with one goal in the fourth game. And that's it, man. <laughs> Pain. 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 It's going to be more painful when uh, in th- in a week from now, you're going to be messaging us being like, yeah, I guess not, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I was going to say, like, Jared's Spence is going to take the brunt of it, I'll tell you that. That's, that's, fine. Fine. <laughs> that's, that's why we hired him. Um, Jared. We'll, we'll, de- we'll deflect the Spencer all the time. Jared, <laughs> where can people find your stream? Um, so it's uh, twitch.tv slash migobango or twitch.tv slash debirds3. And it's debirds with a Z. So we do on both both of those channels because he works. So I I'll stream when he's working and so on and so forth. We bounce from both both. Yeah. So Eagle, if we can add that into the the pod description, that would be awesome. Yes, sir. Uh, that's uh, Jared. Um, Jared and Spence are joining us on behalf of uh, the McFadden's movement. Uh, definitely a worthy cause. Something that is dear to our hearts as sports fans, and by that I mean. Fans of athletes who play sports. If you care about athletes, you care about the struggles as well. Thank you guys for joining us. Thanks for having Thank me. You guys. Thanks for having us. Fun. Thanks, Jared. And uh, let's play some NHL so I can uh, lose like 18 nothing. <laughs> <laughs>
because of the one timers. I'm telling we're you, we're playing the same team. We're playing the same team. Oh, okay, yeah. yes. <laughs> Perry, you got to you got to pick the Leafs though, just to make it harder. I don't mind. I'll play with the Leafs. No, because they have to pick any the team. Leafs. They'll lose. lose. I, I don't bias. I, I choose any team. So yeah. Okay, I'll take there the Leafs go. just so I can say the Leafs lost. You take the Habs and I'll take the Leafs and then that's uh, right. That's And then you guys have a seven game series. That's actually really good in the game, which is. And we're back. Yeah, that was awesome. It's uh, look, you know, we, 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 uh, we joke around a lot and uh, we tend to find the funny, even when we talk about serious topics. And today was uh, one such case like that. Um, it was really good to talk uh, to, to Jared uh, and Spence uh, about uh, the McFadden's movement and uh, just something that, that's important to us. Um, so I'm happy we got that opportunity. Um, and so definitely follow the streams. Uh, definitely do check them out. Uh, in the meantime, Terry, it looks as though you're ignoring me and placing bets. Uh, I am actually. I've been. Uh, I know, I know uh, you're. Fa- I know you. I, we've been friends so long. I know when you're ignoring me, and really, that's the height of friendship. No, so I've been I've been on a really cold streak, a bad cold streak right now. I'm gonna bet on that guy Bertans that we have no idea what his name is, like who this guy is, the big ginger guy for Washington. Am I allowed? Am I allowed saying ginger? I think that's the one area. I think fat people are still allowed to make fun of fat people, and everyone's allowed to make fun of gingers. Those are the only two safe spaces. So I'm gonna say that he's gonna get a rebound in the next 180 seconds, and I'm gonna say that Trey Young is gonna get a point in the next 180 seconds, at least a point. Okay, so I'm gonna submit this five bucks to win twenty eight bucks, and by the time we're done rapid fire, I should have my results. Because every every hundred eighty seconds on hot streak, uh, it's a great app. Do go out and download it. It's a lot of fun. Uh, Terry and I will be doing a live stream. We'll be promoting it as soon as we have the date confirmed. It may be as early as the day before this episode drops. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, we're so busy. It's annoying. I was like, go ahead. I was like, how is he going to recover from this? <laughs> I, I couldn't. I couldn't. Eagle rapid fire. Let's do it. All right. Here we go. Ham-handed. After a Kent Bazemore made light of Bradley Beal's injured hamstring as a way to refer, uh, to make reference to Steph Curry's insane pace of play. At the moment, uh, Bradley Beal snapped back. Uh, Bazemore finally had this in response. You know, it's, uh, kind of back and forth with you and Bradley Beal. I was just curious if uh, kind of had a comment on the situation. I mean, I... I, I... I guess you can't joke anymore, but man, whatever. It's I don't know, man. I, I feel like I'm a pretty lighthearted guy. I don't, I don't, you know, I stay in my own lane. I don't, you know, say things that ruffle feathers. But hey, man, it's just a. Uh, if you want to know what my loyalty is, it's the SC30. So, I mean, anybody out there chasing them, it's gonna be tough. But you know, whatever. It it kind of got out of hand. I didn't check my phone all day until after the game. So, it's kind of blowing up. Uh, but you know, I ain't. I don't get involved in that crap, man. It's I'm gonna go home, love my wife, watch some Peaky Blinders, and go to bed, dude. I got I got work to do tomorrow. Great show. I I had and no is idea this a situation where you would reach out to Bill and explain context of what you meant? I mean, there's nothing really explain. I was, you know, laughing, jokingly, you know, half heartedly said. It. I mean, it's not like I'm, you know, I said I hope he does it. You know, what I mean, he's already it's already out, and I ain't wish anything bad on him. It's just a comment, so. Um, you know, it's the kind of the world we're living in right now. A little bit sensitive, a little, little, little sore paw me out, sore paw out, you know, so whatever, man, it's, you know, roll with the punches, keep your head down, keep going. This it'll pass. And like probably tomorrow I wake up and 
everything will be the same. I ain't, I ain't so, got time for all that Twitter trash. I had no idea who this guy was, and I like him just because he says uh, he just seems like a guy's guy. Yeah, I just want to go home, hang out with my wife, and watch Peaky Blinders. Like, leave me the fuck alone. Like, <laughs> I like what? this guy. So when it started with was he, he said something like, um, "Guys are out here pulling hamstrings, chasing Steph Curry as he puts up forty nine points in twenty nine, and um, you know what's it called? Bradley Beal had hurt his hamstring. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and Bradley Beal very self serious, and like you know. To me, I saw it. I was like, the guy's obviously joking. It, it really doesn't matter. Everyone knows, Bradley Beal, that you're better than Kent Bazemore. For example, Terry didn't even know that Kent Bazemore, a guy who was previously a max salary player at the time that the end of... Yeah, when, when the NBA uh, salaries exploded, I think in like 2017, 2018, he signed a max salary deal. And he also he also signed a, a shoe deal with Under Armour that year, which is why he has extra loyalty to, to Steph Curry. So, yeah. So, Kent Bazemore. Um, Who the fuck is Kent Bazemore that's is, getting paid $40 million a year? He's a very average uh, three-point shooter whose lifetime three-point percentage is far better than Reggie Miller's. No, that's not true. <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> I'm gonna find it right now, and I'm telling you, it's not true. Reggie Miller is the best shooter of all time. I love, I, I love how how irrationally bad you get about one NBA player in history. You don't get that. If I would have made that joke about Jordan, you wouldn't have been as bad. No, no, don't ever talk about Reggie like that ever again. I'll break out my jersey right now and I'll fucking wear it. I don't give a shit. Okay, <laughs> best shooter of all time. All right, next, uh, Prairie Dogging it. Daryl Suter, coach of the Calgary Flames, uh, seemed perplexed by the question asked by local media member Eric Francis. Eric Francis? Daryl, as an Albertan, uh, how unique a situation is it that your fate for the next two, you know, two of the next three nights rests in the hands of the Oilers? Because I'm from Alberta. Well, how unique a situation is well, it? Well, I guess if I was, I guess if I was from Saskatchewan, it would make a difference, but it doesn't really matter to me. I laugh every time I see him. I laugh. The irony of uh, you know Flames fans now having to cheer for the Oilers is that uh, is that lost on you? Well, I think there's lots of people that cheer for Connor McDavid. I do too. <laughs> That's a good answer. You certainly will be over the next couple of nights. So uninterested. Some of these guys don't want us to win. Hey? Hard to no. yeah. Go to Eric Francis. So, I don't. Like, so I, don't even, I, don't even, I don't even blame you for talking over the end of that clip, Terry, because he's awkwardly staring at Eric Francis because he's like, "What do you want me to say?" <laughs> I don't. This is dumb. Um, and like the, the the local journalist Eric Francis was really going down that rabbit hole of like, oh, but isn't it weird because Calgary. Is is in Alberta and Edmonton is in Alberta and like you need Edmonton to win? Isn't that weird? And he's like, no, it's just what we need. I guess if I lived in Saskatchewan, like, I, oh man, I love this guy because I look at him and I laugh because I know he's already angry that he has to sit there. Yeah, he's, he's <laughs> he makes grumpy cool. Exactly. Uh, kudos to him. Kudos because it's not easy. Dale Sutherman, you make grumpy awesome. Uh, tip, and I tip, Calgary I tip my was eliminated, Dale's right? Me. Yeah. So Montreal took the spot. That was the thing. So if Montreal had uh, not gotten that point in overtime, then Calgary would have had a, a chance to make it. I and guess they probably now, actually would have, considering Edmonton won both their games or Montreal's lost both their games. 
But well, the thing is, they lost and they yeah. lost an OT, so they still got a point. So I think it, either way, the results would have been the same. I, I'm just happy for Daryl Suter because now he can cheer for Connor McDavid freely. Yeah, he doesn't have to hide it. He doesn't have to hide it anymore. He can take off his suit with the Connor McDavid jersey under it, and he can just go fucking balls. Yeah. All right. Hold your horses. After a, one of the famed a horse trainer's steeds failed a drug test, drug test for the 30th time, trainer Bob Baffert had a very interesting explanation as to why this keeps happening. Declared the winner. Bob Baffert joins us now. Welcome, sir. Good morning, Bob. Uh, uh, good morning. Uh, you've been in the news all awesome. weekend. I've watched a lot of your interviews, read all the transcripts. I, are you adamant that you had nothing to do with it? Are you adamant that... It did not happen. Oh, it, it, this this did not happen. That horse has never been treated with that, and it, it's a actually it's a legal therapeutic medicine, and the amount that was in it wouldn't have any effect on the horse anyway. But we don't we, we that horse was never treated with that, and so that's the disturbing part of it. But I cannot believe um I never thought I'd have to be fighting for my reputation and and this poor horse's reputation. Because of the new regulations, the regulators have put they're testing these horses at at contaminated levels, and um, it's it's just it's been a horrible experience. So, Bob, just at the beginning of that answer, you, you were about to say, declared the winner, Bob Baffert. That was it. So, uh, and then he goes on to say, um, and then he eventually will clean this up. But he he went on to say that his horse was a victim of cancel culture. Cancelled culture. So the horse got cancelled. Yeah, because he, he gave his horse steroids. And I love how he knew how much was in the horse. And he knew how much would actually affect the horse. But he didn't give him that stuff. He didn't give it to him. Um, and also, uh, he's being unfairly cancelled. The horses. Uh, because of the cancelled culture that's in horse racing. What's interesting, though, is after that, I feel like nobody really thought about cancelling horse racing. But then everyone was like... Yo, these guys are whipping horses. Like he kind of woke up the mob for no apparent reason, and all, like the only reason he did that is because you're doping your horses. This has to be the best week of stories we've ever had: rats, raccoons, and horses on steroids. Uh, he he. There's. I just. I. I'm sorry. I know I'm going long. There's two. There's two other explanations he offered. One was that uh, one of the guys that worked in the stable was on cough medication and he pissed on the hay and the horse ate the contaminated hay. Now the, the most recent story is he's going with uh, the veterinarian. Um, she, she gave him uh, this medication and the medication contains this, this banned substance. It reminds me of when, when these like pro baseball players throw the trainers under the bus. It's gross. It's the worst. Guy, you doped your horse. Uh, so update on my bet. Uh, Bertans did not get a rebound, and Trey Young did not get a point. So I lost my bet again. I'm on a really big cold streak. I'm on a cold streak, man. I'm on a one, two, three, four, five, six, six bet cold streak. It'll, that it'll... won't happen to you, avid listener. Go ahead and place your bets on hot streak today. Hey, exactly. You be a millionaire. So you can get hot. Yeah. Strawberry Milk Stride. Uh, DK, Met DK Metcalf uh, was the story of this past weekend after running a 10.37 100-yard dash and placed 15th of 17 runners. Your thoughts? My thoughts are that if he put uh, six months of training into becoming a, uh, a track star, an Olympic track star, he would be on the Olympic team. 
it is and like don't forget that he's running at this size right like yeah no other olympic athlete is built the way dk metcalf is right like he's, no DK even like michael built- johnson who is considered like a, well usain bolt is like six eight but he's not thick like yeah uh like uh, dk metcalf is even donovan bailey was like six feet they're usually about like five ten five eleven six feet long enough legs to, to create an extension but, but it's more the bulk I'm talking about, like the overall weight yeah, that the, the size, yeah. like he's like what you know two forty five. Like he's a big no, dude. no, he's not that big. He's there's no way he's two forty five. He's probably about two twenty. No, he's probably about two twenty, two twenty five, like six four. Yeah, I, I don't think he could be two forty five. David Boston was the biggest receiver. DK Metcalf is six four, two thirty five. Oh, okay. He's a big dude, man. He's to be that fast. How much that, did David Boston weigh? More, um, but so like just just while while he was looking that up, I I will say that um to your point, like if you're one of the runners, two twenty eight, two twenty eight, so less. That's mm-hmm. but he wasn't as sculpted, I guess, as DK. Um, no, he was. David Boston was the probably the most ripped guy I've ever seen in my life. Legit. You you Shoot. forget what, you forget when David Segui was on was hitting the roids hard in the ex, late Expos days. Um, but no, so like the thing with, with DK is uh. The, the two guys who finished after him, guys, that's what you do for a living. Like, how embarrassed are those two guys? Like, the the real story, the, the 30 for 30 that should come out is the two guys who finished after DK Metcalf and how this will inevitably ruin their careers. Exactly. Next, Tebowing. Uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars have signed Tim Tebow to a contract as a tight end, reuniting him with Urban Meyer. Uh, and we came from Florida, essentially, and... He's still in Florida because Jacksonville, but different Florida. No, same Florida. Same Florida. They're in. Same they're Florida. in Gainesville. They're in Jacksonville, Florida. You Eagle, know, we got to do. We got to do a, a live show from the Panhandle. It's official. We got to. We got to get your Florida. You know that sounds really nice. I like that a lot. Yeah. Um, Tebow is a tight end. I mean, I see. I see it. Uh, I don't think he'll make the team. Honestly, he will not make the team. There's no. I don't way. think he'll make the team. Um, but you know what? He had a decent stint with the Mets in the minor leagues. The guy's an athlete. He knows how to play football. They might put him on the roster. I don't see him playing special teams. I don't think he's going to put himself through that physical damage. I think that he'll be a very situational, like Tyson Hill style, uh, but not as much. Tyson Hill play play. I like don't a, think. A ball I don't think snap. he's. I don't like. I. I don't think he's as good as Tyson Hill. I don't think he. He even makes the team. Um, I think Tebow is a good dude. It just. It keeps feeling like between um, the Mets and and. And you know his later tenure in the NFL, and now with the Jacksonville Jaguars, Tim, how many dances are you going to go to before you realize you, you know, you're the only chance you got to get in a dance is going with your cousin? I just, <laughs> I just don't understand this signing, right? So uh, he's a quarterback who hasn't played in I don't know how many. He's a years. thrower of the football. He's yeah, like, okay, fine. I think like okay, he hasn't he played was, in the NFL in like eight years. Yeah, but let me let me finish years. my shot. So he hasn't played in the NFL in like a significant long time. So you can argue he doesn't really have a skill set anymore. Uh, he's clearly creating a distraction for the team at this point of here because the media is talking about him, and he's famous for kneeling on the floor. I thought the NFL didn't like those types of players. That's true. He, he knelt, might, he might he, get suspended it, for protesting. That's true. Yeah, yeah. He knelt for um. Uh, for because he's pro life, right? For abortions and stuff like that. So, um, so he knelt for he knelt for what he believed in, and people liked it. Some people didn't. And does this remind you of anyone else who has the exact same pedigree who isn't getting an offer? Well, the the the, the argument is the argument is, is that Colin Kaepernick wants to play quarterback when he sucks at being a quarterback. So you're Tim saying Tebow if he wants to play tight end, it's good. 
Exactly. Tim Tebow knows that he sucks at being a quarterback. So he's like, let me try another position. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, so here's, here's one other thing, though. Just last thing on, on, uh, on Tim Tebow. Here's the thing I understand least is they keep talking about how he's going to be useful in like a wildcat package. I'm like, yeah, I know. It's, it's not like uh, the, the Jaguars didn't use their number one pick on perhaps the best running quarterback we've seen since Lamar Jackson. And then use another pick to get that player's Curtis, running yeah, back. Was the fastest man on earth. Yeah, I mean, Since, yeah, they really needed that option. They really needed that extra running, yeah. <laughs> Next. I, you know, I don't, I don't hate it. I don't hate it. Uh, not a job fit for a king. Wayne Gretzky is said to have turned down a offer of approximately $2 million to be Thank a broadcaster God. for ESPN um, now that uh, the ESPN is going to be broadcasting NHL games. Uh, ESPN has now said they are no longer interested in bringing him aboard, and so they basically have no one of any competence levels to be covering hockey. Your thoughts? It's not that they don't have anybody at competence levels. They don't have anybody that's entertaining. And Wayne Gretzky is probably the most boring human of all time. Great guy. I was going to say. Boring as shit. And like, I'm ESPN happy that he didn't accept this money. ESPN didn't learn with Jason Witten. Like, this is the Jason Witten, in terms of personality, the Jason Witten of the NHL. Like, Wayne Gretzky's never said an interesting thing in his private life, let alone on camera. The only thing that Wayne Gretzky's ever said that was funny was when he cried when he got traded from the Oilers and he said, I promised the mess I wouldn't do this. Like, that's probably the funniest thing he's ever said. And, like, and that was, know, we're laughing at a guy who was genuinely sad. And that was in 1993. 1992. The only the only only decent thing about his personality was that he rocked a mullet for way too long. The only time his personality was good was in a Tim Hortons commercial. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it's true. The shots when he was doing the shots. How many takes do you think that took? Way too many. And the script writers must be pulling their hair. Yeah, I was like, I was like, thank, thank the hockey gods that this happened. So I'm basically thanking Wayne Gretzky because Wayne Gretzky is like the hockey. hockey. So I'm thanking Wayne Gretzky. For not accepting the contract, so we don't, so we're not bored listening to this guy on TV. Just give the mic to Pierre Maguire and let everybody make fun of him on a nightly Charles basis. Charles Barkley, so. give the Charles Barkley on <laughs> Snoop Dogg, Charles Barkley, get them in there. Make a best. Let's do it. And Try it. La- last one for this week, and whoever wrote this title, I love you. No cap. Uh, Logan Paul and Floyd Mayweather got into a pre-fight press conference fight, I guess you're going to call it that. And mm-hmm. uh, one might expect it uh, to be handled maturely. That was clearly not the case. However, let's do it. Let's make it happen. Let's make it happen. Yes, sir. Get the paperwork for this bug. Get, get Al Hammond. Absolutely. Yeah, I don't need yeah, Al Hammond. Yeah. Let me call Al Hammond. I'm my let's own boss. Let's make it happen. I'm my own boss. One night. Got your hat. Let's do it. Let's no, make it. This was Logan Paul. No, that was Jake Paul. Oh, it was Jake. Okay. Yeah. But he's so Logan Paul was facing off against uh, Mayweather because they're announcing their exhibition fight. But ah. Jake Paul runs into Mayweather in the back and he sees him and they kind of and that's the and that's what happened. So Jake Paul is the guy that grabbed it. So Jake Paul does this thing. So he starts off really well. Like when he did that whole video against Connor, he's like Connor McGregor. No, 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 no. He starts calling him out. He just he kind of like talked too much and then lost it a bit. So I was kind of it was kind of cringy. That taking the cap away is very cringy. But him getting in Mayweather's face was perfect. Like if that's what you if that's the fight you want in like two, three years, you're gonna get it because of that. You know? I, but uh, taking the hat being like got your hat is like Okay, like you're a kid, you're gonna get fucking smoked by the best boxer of all time. Like, just fucking be a man about this shit. You know. I think I, mean? I think we're gonna disagree. Um, I'm I'm starting to turn. I hated the Pauls. I still hate the Pauls. 
but I I gotta respect the hustle of, of a guy of a, a pair of brothers who legitimately turned themselves into professional athletes. Oh no, that I agree. Not- I respect them. I'm just saying is that he takes it like his 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 uh, his uh, his viral this, moments Terry, are just the, a little too this cringy. Is, this is the path. Their path towards professional uh, athletics is not the same as Floyd May- Mayweather's. They took matters into their own hands and through the vehicle of YouTube, of all crazy, bizarre shit, of all the 2020 and 2021 things of all time, Logan and, and Jake Paul are professional athletes who are earning more than uh, you know your average run-of-the-mill MMA fighter. Um, when when If you go back two years ago, I had... I just love the personalities of, of Dana White and hated the personalities of the Pauls. And it's like reversing as time. I'm finding um, I'm liking the goofiness of the Pauls and the self-seriousness of Dana White is getting lame as fuck. I like I like uh, what the Pauls are doing. They're they're you know, they're, they're doing what they want to do. And people are watching what like what's wrong with that. There's no, literally nothing wrong with that. What I don't like is that it's just it's a one percent too cringy with Jake Paul. It's just 1% too cringy. It's like, we respect you, and then he does something stupid like that. You're like, ah, okay, it takes away the respect. You know what I mean? Like, power of the cringe. It's yeah, power, power of the cringe. The cringe king. The cringe you stole Christmas. <laughs> that should have been the name of the episode. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, that was awesome. Honestly, look, it was a strange episode because a lot of weird things happened this week, but it's our favorite kind of show. Yeah. I had a good time. Uh, for those who like the weirdness, the, those who like that we dive into some of these topics, uh, do remember to uh, like, subscribe, rate, review. Um, if you uh, see somebody's wallet on the street, you should definitely return the wallet to the, whoever dropped it. But if you see any money in that wallet, they're probably going to forget that they had it because who carries cash anymore? Take the cash, bring it to Eagle's house. Um, and that'll help us. Any little thing. So whether and, and leave a note in the spot to remind them to watch, comment, and subscribe. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, thank you to Jared Husband's Tweety for joining us, as well as Spence Plamondon. Uh, thank you, Terry, for uh, all your great work uh, on this show and everything else you do for the, for the network. Eagle, thank you for everything you've done, and thank you all for letting me be myself. You've been listening to Hot Sauce Sports. 